Hello and welcome to another episode of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my producer, Lindsay, and we are in Idaho Falls, Idaho today. Uh, beautiful sunny day, starting out a little bit cold. Speaking of cold, that's what we're talking about today. I was on a bike ride yesterday here and um, it was cold, but you know what? I dressed for it and I actually ended up getting hot. And I started thinking, I'm like, you know, we need to talk about cold weather training on our podcast because just because it gets cold doesn't mean we should stop exercising. So there's lots of different options out there. And I started thinking, you know, I know a little bit about biking in cold weather, um, but I don't know anything about running and um, some other exercises. So I thought I would have an expert on my show. So we have Coach Lisa on today, and I'm going to actually let Coach Lisa introduce herself. And she's a running coach, and that's why I have her on. And Lisa, go ahead. Hi, everybody. Yeah, I'm Lisa Blavel. I am a running coach for Grateful Heart Adventures, and I'm over a little bit of the other side of the mountain from Sean near uh, Issaquah, Washington. So um, I'm coaching people um, for running. And like Sean said, winter is still a great time to get out. You just have to be prepared. And there's some indoor options as well. So we'll talk about that today. Perfect. So let's talk about, because it's what I know and pretty much all I know when it comes to um um, the the um, the topics we're going to be talking about is I know biking. That's pretty much it. I do know some strength training. We're going to talk about that and and some yoga. But I'm sure Lisa knows a lot more about that than I do. Um, and she probably knows a lot more about biking than I do too. Honestly, she's been doing a lot longer than I have. So I just I'm just kind of not well rounded like she is. So um, I'm kind of a newbie. So so let's talk about one of the reasons I brought it up too because I've I've seen I, I've had some questions and answered some questions about what people should do when it starts getting cold. And I've known some people that are, you know, fairly new to biking and they say, well, it's too bad. I got to stop biking. I'm like, no, you don't have to stop biking. So, you know, some of the options are Peloton and always this time of year, commercials start popping up all over social media and TV about Peloton. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think Peloton offers a good product. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you and I talked about it yesterday. I think it is pretty, you know, pretty spendy. Um, I know they have a monthly payment option that also um, will include their monthly their their workout um, training programs. But I think it's around around two thousand dollars, maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the disadvantages of Peloton is that if you are a competitive rider like like Coach Lisa and I are, you know, they're not your regular. They're they don't fit like your regular bike and. Right. You know, that's a big issue. Like, you know, if Lisa does a triathlon, she's going to be on her bike for five hours if she does an Ironman, five plus hours probably. And if your bike doesn't fit you right, it doesn't matter how fit you are, right, Lisa? Right. Yeah. I mean, you need to be, you need to be comfortable on your bike and know how to handle it and ride it for a long period of time. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would recommend Peloton if someone is just a casual, um, they want to get fit and they just want to be, you know, casual biker. But if you're going to be really competitive, I think you need to be on your bike. Mm-hmm. Um, and so some options like that are a Wahoo kicker. Will you want to explain about a Wahoo kicker since you have one, Lisa? Yeah, I have a Wahoo kicker. Um, so this is especially Wahoo kickers operate on the bike power that you use. So it includes the power and you can do programs like trainer road and other things on the Wahoo kicker. And what you do is you just put your own bike on the Wahoo Kicker, 
and you take off the rear wheel rear wheel so you're getting all that seat time on your own bike which is really important getting comfortable if you're doing triathlon and arrow or you know sitting up whatever but it's your very own bike so the kicker just controls the power based um they have an app that you can use that's free um that does power or you can get things like trainer road where there's actual specific bike rides you can pick um and do so it's a great way very efficient too you can do it in the dark you can you know in your house in the garage, whatever. And in an hour, you get a lot more efficient riding and then even just riding outside, really, because you're not stopping, you know, all the different things that can go on. So, um, it, it, so the weather is a great option. Absolutely. And the indoor train is a great option. Um, it's not, you know, I will say there's some disadvantages to it. Disadvantage to it is it's just not maybe as um well it's not a scenic for sure so maybe not as fun as as going outdoors um because you just are in a static position most of the time or all the time i guess you can stand up and stuff but um but you're right as far as workouts go as far as a good workout mm-hmm. indoor tra- training you get a better workout than you do probably outdoors most of the time because you are constantly Right. you're constantly on there's really no downhill coasting so to speak so right. there's really yeah. you know they try to si- simulate coasting but it, it's really it doesn't simulate it's coasting like outside <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. um and tra- and the programs that have come out power-based programs like trainer road we're mm-hmm. trying to get a website up to see if we can stream that for our um listeners and viewers um and um zwift there's Zwift. i don't know if you're familiar with zwift at all oh yeah yeah. yeah. And yeah. Zwift is another one um, that instead of um, um, power, it's power based also, but it's more competitive as far as you can do group rides all over the world with people. Now, Trainer Road did just add that option. So you can do group rides yeah. in Trainer Road also. And it's and, and it makes it a little more challenging and fun. So, so yeah, check out Trainer Road, you guys, or Zwift. Both of them are good options. And you don't have to have a Wahoo kicker. Um, Wahoo kickers are, Lisa, do you know the price of a Wahoo kicker? Gosh, that's a good question. I think they're around 1200 for okay. a Wahoo kicker. But again, okay. the advantage is you're on your own bike. Um, so so that's a really good thing. I would just say real quick about um, Zwift. Zwift is a kind of a little bit more social, they, were, they would say, because, you know, you do have other riders. But with Group Ride with Trainer Road, I'm actually seeing my own friends and setting up my group ride with them. And it's just like this. I'm watching them on video on their bike while we're doing the same ride, but we're all at our own power levels or whatever it is. So I have, I have never done that. And I really should, I should get involved with a group ride with you guys sometime on trainer road this winter. Yeah, It's yeah. really nice. It's really nice because, um, it's just, uh, it's great to see your, your friends instead of a cartoon to me anyway, like it's yeah. Yeah, I don't want to sure. see my friends and talk with them. We can have a conversation when we're not working too hard, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so as you can see, Kicker has a lot of different things. The Kicker bike I'm not very familiar with. That is definitely not your regular bike on the trainer. Um, but the Kicker Smart Trainer, yeah, you can see it's about $1,200, that second one right there. And it's really simple. Um, and I can also take it. Like when the winter in the past, we've gone to people's garages and had two or three of us ride together and just take my kicker and my bike with me. Yep. And then we can all do our own program, but we're together and things like that. So lots of good ways in the winter to still, you know, be around folks and, and get your training in when it's, you know, just really not safe or too dark or whatever to go outside or the bike. 
Well, and speaking of indoor training, you talked about getting a good workout in an hour, and I and I agree with that. Um, and one of the things is it's just super it's just super convenient to go down, you go out in your garage or or go in your workout room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't have to dress, you know. I, I you don't have to dress up, and you know, I mean, you don't have to put a helmet on. I mean, it's right. it's and next thing you know, your workout's an hour into it, and you know, and you're done. So. Yeah. Um, What's the longest? I just got to ask you, Lisa. What's the longest? Are you one of those diehards? What's the longest you've ever been on an indoor trainer? Oh boy, five and a half hours training oh. for an Ironman. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, man, I thought three and a half was. I thought three and a half was long. Three and a half is my record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you wow. have to get you know all your bottles of hydration set up. You yep. have to set up your space and. Um, but another great thing about it is if you do have to like stop for a minute or get up and go to the bathroom and you can easily do that, you know, so right. it's not too bad, but yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think that'll be really popular. The group ride um, going into this next season in 2021, doing some of those longer trainer rides for yeah, people. That, you know? that would be, so. um, yeah, that's super cool. I, 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 kudos to you. Five and a half hours sitting <laughs> on an indoor bike. So. <laughs> So um, there are other options too. I personally use a Kurt Kinetic. If we could stream that producer, Kurt K U K U R T Kinetic, and I use a Kurt Kinetic. It's a less expensive option. I think they're about three hundred and fifty dollars now. That includes a little um, Bluetooth device that monitors that will send a signal to your phone, so you can monitor power um, right. to your phone. Kurt Kinetic has an app um, with a training plan, and I think. I'm not sure if the simple training plan is free, but if it's not, it's like 10 bucks a month, super inexpensive. So it's about half the price of trainer road, but I don't think it's quite as complex as trainer road. And I don't, I don't think it has group rides either, but mm -hmm. the Kirk and is a trainer, just like that. You're seeing on the screen, you clip your own bike into there. You have to, you do have to have a, a um, Oh, what do they call that? Lisa, the axle that you take out, they call it something starts in S. That's oh, the, um, now I'm totally forgetting. Um, it's not called the screw. What is it? <laughs> skewer, 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 skewer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's called true. a skewer, and so you'll put that. You'll take your axle out and put the skewer on on your bike, and then you just set your bike up on the trainer. It it super fast to set up. Um, yeah, you know, that's the same way the kicker works. Also, just with the skewer. So yeah, and it's just. You know, you can monitor, you can do all kinds of monitoring on these things. And another thing is, too, is that it's pretty portable. Like you say, when I travel in the winter, sometimes um, I will take it to a hotel. You can ride you can ride your bike in a hotel. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's super convenient. One thing um, I guess we should, you talked about hydration. Uh, one thing we should talk about with indoor training. Another thing you will need is probably a riser. And most of the time they have a package to buy with these things, a riser to raise your front, to raise your front wheel up. And um, also a fan, a good fan is important. Yeah. You want to speak to that, um, Lisa? <laughs> Yeah, I actually just got a new fan. I had a very old small box fan that I was using that, you know, <laughs> 20 years old. And I just got one on Amazon. Um, it's uh, Lasco, I think. And it sits on the floor and it has three, you know, um, different 
speeds that it blows. The only drawback with it is that it doesn't have a remote. So a lot of times people would like a remote yeah. to shift it from there. But it's pretty easy with a smart outlet. You can at least turn it on and off. And those are really simple to get to. But fans are really important, especially when you're doing long rides. And um, if you're riding not in a very cold garage, like in a room in your house, you definitely are going to want a fan. <laughs> yeah, you don't realize how much you sweat on the bike until the air's until you're not outside. You're inside, and the air's not moving by you. You don't even realize that you're sweating when you're, you know, outside. Yeah. Um, but yep. indoors, it's yeah, uh, it's you can. I know a guy that um, trained for an Ironman, and he didn't have what do you call the thing? I, I just put a towel in front of my over my um, top tube, but. Um, he didn't put anything over the top to me, sweated on it. And when he took his bike and he never rode his bike outside, when he went to ride it to the, the day before the Ironman, it was locked up. It was rusted shut. Yeah. You got to be careful. That's another yeah. good point is getting is also uh, depending on where you're riding your bike, but a mat, if you're in an indoor room, a mat under your bike is really important. Um, you can buy specific mats. I just use a yoga mat. That's what I do. And put my, my bike under it because your drinks are, might spill, your sweat, all of that, and you know you you want to protect the floor. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good, good tip. And, and those are obviously tips that we've been there, done that, right? Yeah. <laughs> we're 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 educating our listeners and viewers. So, yeah. so okay. So um, that that kind of um, with indoor training. So that's definitely an option. So what if you want to water ride outdoors? Um, there is some great gear nowadays and I will tell you, my wife and I have ridden outdoors and, um, we can ride down to about, oh, high twenties, low thirties and still say, stay pretty much warm. Now I wouldn't say that it's completely warm or completely comfortable. Um, but there's a lot of good gear now. Um, you talked about layering. Can you ex, um, explain the importance of layer, layering? Yeah, I think layering is really important. Um, and this is biking and then um, running especially too. And, you know, your core heats up, everything heats up. But if you get layers, that way, if you start to get sweaty, you still have like a dry layer on top of that. And then you're not feeling cold. Because if you only have one layer on and you get sweaty, you're going to be cold. And then you're just going to get extremely cold you know, uh, as the breeze kind of goes by you. And we talked a little bit too about some wind um, protection stuff. So there's a lot of vests like for running and you can wear them biking and running that have a wind, um, it's not wind repellent. I'm not sure what it's called, but it blocks, wind block, blocks the wind. And it makes a huge difference because once you start getting sweaty and you're cold, you really need that to keep from getting extremely cold. And like, I have Raynaud's um, syndrome and so, Gloves is another huge thing that you can do, and you can layer those as well, depending on how um, you know cold it is outside. Yeah, so those are great. Great, great tip. And speaking of gloves, so I will say that um, no matter what kind of gloves you 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 buy, whether it be Endura or Specialized, um, I've never tried Rafa gloves actually, but. Once you've done a long ride and your hands get sweaty, those gloves are just going to soak up moisture. So, again, kind of like you were talking about with the layers, if you don't have, and that I know of, there's not really a windproof cover that you can put over your gloves. I guess there probably is. I don't know. Maybe there is. Is there, Lisa? Maybe? No? That I know of? I don't think there yeah, is. There, well, 
there's different gloves. Like you can get glove liners and put those right next to your hand and then put like a warmer glove on top of that. And then I have some gloves actually that are gloves, but they have a little cover that comes over your fingers, more like a mitten. And that's really helpful too, because mittens are good because you can still keep moving your fingers together. And then the heat is kind of, right. you know, your fingers are, are all together there. So there's a couple different options depending on how, how actual cold it is. But I love those that I wear on the bike, actually, the ones that have the cover that come over the fingered gloves. So do you know the brand name of those? Oh, gosh, um, I'm pretty sure they are Pearl Ozumi because I have a lot of Pearl Ozumi stuff. Um, I really like their um, different products for biking. They're comfortable and they're usually really well made. Perfect. Um, I will say this. One thing that's really helped me is uh, when it's really cold is these they're called bar mitts you can see how how it's shaped and they they um slip over your bars you can either get them for um drop bars or you can get them for uh like more like mountain bike um, um upright bars and um you slip your hands into them just like just like this so you would slip it in just like this i'm trying to put it to the camera <laughs> and um with your glove on and it you know, obviously it prevents the wind and it doesn't get wet necessarily itself. So um, it prevents the wind from getting on your hands. So even if your gloves get wet um, from sweat, um, your hands still stay warm. And a great okay. trick is throw a hand warmer, like the, you know, the little packet hand warmer, mm -hmm. throw those in there. And I mean, there's literally, I've ridden when it's 35 degrees before and I had to take my gloves off. Um, <laughs> You know, so it, there's just a lot of good cold weather gear for for riding and and working out outdoors. So there's really reason to to use the cold weather as an excuse to not work out. So, well, yeah. thank you for your expertise on that, yeah. um, Lisa, and your comments. So, I don't know much about running. I'm not a great runner at all, or even a runner at all, pretty much. So. <laughs> Tell us about some of the tips that you have for staying warm while you're running outside. Um, like we talked about, layers. Also, obviously, hats. I mean, this is just a general rule, but you lose most of your body heat out of the top of your head. And so hats are really great. Beanies are great for in the winter. Um, any kind of hat like that. I also like to use, actually, earmuffs when I'm running sometimes just because they're very focused on your ears. Um, and if you don't need the, the top of your head, but your ears can get really cold. So those are awesome. Um, thick socks, um, sometimes padded socks like Smart Wool makes some really great socks that are good for the winter. Um, where they're not overly thick, you can't get them on your, on your running shoe. Um, and also the hand warmer packets, like you said, I've used those before too. I've actually, you know, put those in my, in my mittens and gloves when I'm running. Um, also I think eyewear is important. Like I have sunglasses and you can get them that are really light tinted. So they're not dark. But keeping that cold wind off your eyes, you know, just like when you're biking is also really important when you're running, your eyes can start tearing and, you know, it's just really uncomfortable. <laughs> so that's a really good point. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that's an area where if you don't, you know, it's in the winter, it's cloudy out. You're like, oh, I don't need glasses. Right. Yeah. But you get outside and it's just cold and it, and it really makes your face cold. So, yeah. And you can get glasses with re with um 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 adjustable lenses um mm -hmm. you know that have different tints on their on their lenses dark medium and 
and you know even clear lenses. So right. um, I, that's what I I like to like to do. Um, another thing is shoe covers. You can get shoe covers for your shoes uh, outdoors, right. and there's something you can do with that. Um, running to your you you're talking about that. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, there's a couple things. Um, you can't cover your entire shoe, but like, for example, if you're running in the snow, there's just like gaiters that you would use for any other kind of activity in the snow. You can hook on your running shoe and it comes up over your ankle and that keeps snow from like kind of going down into your sock or your shoe. You know, obviously you'll probably have on tights or something warm like that. Um, not related to warmth though, but a really good thing to think about when you're running is slipping on that ice and that snow. And so I found these, see if I can get these in here camera the yak tracks these are great um Super I, cool. bought, I bought them last year they go over any running shoe so it's not like you have to have a specific running shoe and they have the traction on the bottom um they're reflective heel tabs there's all kinds of great things about these yak tracks they're really easy to do just put them on your shoe i had one you know slip on a black ice day on a on a run and i was like i'm getting these things and I haven't needed them since, of course, because I bought them, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I have them and I know a lot of people that have used them. Um, so those are a really big safety thing. I think when you're running in the winter, just, just, you, you know, nobody wants to fall and break a bone. <laughs> so, so that's really good. And what about like uh, visibility? Visibility uh, running, especially, I think it's really important visible. And then when we're running in the dark, like we were just talking about, uh, this morning, the time change is happening this weekend. So there's going to be a lot less daylight hours. You can get vests, hats, your shoes, pants, everything can have reflective, um, you know, strips on it. So when you're running in the dark, especially if you're running on like the road or something like that, but light is also really important. And I found this um, a couple of years ago. This is Ultra Aspire. This is a, it's kind of hard to see here, but it wraps around your waist, just kind of like a fanny pack, but it's very snug. It's a 600 lumen light. Mm -hmm. And the advantage to this over a headlamp is when I've found, you know, running with a headlamp, your head's moving like this and the light's kind of bouncing around a lot. And it doesn't provide a lot of clear in front of your um, feet path. And for me, like, I don't want to trip on a rock or anything like that. This is super bright, super snug. Just put it around your waist. And um, they may have some that are even brighter than this, but the 600 lumen, it has a couple different uh, settings. Perfect light for running right in front of you. You feel like you're running in the day. So that's really helpful too. And of course, cars can see, see this. Um, it looks like a headlight to them, which is really important. It is amazing how those lights have gotten smaller and brighter. Um, I mean, for biking, it's amazing. Um, right. Yeah, and I mean, for biking, you can buy one. It's, it's got kind of an external battery with it, not not built in, but I mean, it's 3,000 lumens. I mean, it's bright as a car's headlights. Yeah. Or, yeah. or even brighter. Um, and that's and a reminder, too. On a, light. This is super light, too. I would just say that because then a lot of people get worried about carrying things. I mean, yeah, I, I'm hyper worried about it. And this thing, I don't even know I have it on. So. Cool. And and that's another reminder, too, on, on a bike, when you're riding outdoors all the time, um, always have a red blinky light on your on your rear bike on the, on the rear of your bikes because people can't see you necessarily if 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 um, you don't have that so always whether it's light or day always have that um, bright clothing bright clothing yeah and bright clothing yeah I, I had a guy I, I got I and you know I 
he was a farmer and I was riding out near farmland and he stopped me and I'm like, what's this guy stop me for? And he goes, you know, with all your black clothing on and no light, I could not see you at all. And I appreciate him saying that, Yeah, you know, and then I was, I, I was kind of like embarrassed. I'm like, you know, I, why would I do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, you just, you can't see, I mean, any kind of neon bright color you can have on. And in fact, the shoe covers we were talking about for biking, like I have some from Pearl Izumi, they're neon yellow. And I think that's really key too, because a lot of people get black shoe covers, but with your feet spinning around as you're pedaling, that's pretty high visibility. It, absolutely. Drivers, you know, and so something small like that can make a big difference to catch a driver's eye when you're uh, riding out on the road somewhere. So for sure, for sure. Always think about safety. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about some, um, you, 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 about the importance of strength training and yoga. You, you talk about the importance of yoga during the, during the off season in the winter. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I feel like, you know, everybody talks about being mobile and mobility and stretching, and that's really important with running. And I think yoga is super important for that. And there's a couple of different types of yoga. Um, flow yoga, a lot of times has a lot of strength work in it. So you're kind of combining your, your strength and, and you're stretching at the same time. Um, yin yoga is something that I have found to be especially important for runners. And that is, you know, maybe five or six poses per class. And so you're not trying to quickly move through things, but what you're actually doing is a lot of strengthening or stretching in a slow pace. And that's super important too. And when you're, when it's cold outside, I think it's even more important because your muscles are cold. So you need to like really work on that mobility so that, you know, when you get out there, you have that behind you um, going forward. And there's tons of free uh, yoga online now. So a lot of people aren't able to go to studios anymore. Um, or, you know, it's pretty limited. And so there's lots of different channels and there's a few that I like. So I have all my runners doing yin yoga, you know, after their workout, some 10 minute sessions, and then just some 40 to one hour minute sessions once a week to help with that. So that's awesome. Now, what about strength training? Strength training, that's a great topic. Um, I really believe in that. And a lot of people were, you know, go to the gym and things like that. But again, with gyms being closed recently and things like that, there's a lot of really simple stuff that you can do at home that makes a big impact. Um, for me, uh, two and a half years ago, I started with a crunch challenge in January. Like how many doing a hundred crunches a day in January. I've been doing it for two and a half years now. So I'm kind of stuck on doing that. <laughs> but that's a really simple thing that only takes a couple minutes. And I mean, it's made a huge difference for biking, swimming, running for me and my back, just doing the core, you know, uh, crunches every day. But I have a lot of my athletes do simple things they can do at home right now. Um, wall sits, push-ups, crunches. If you have an exercise ball, there's a couple different things you can work on for your glutes and your hamstrings. Um, some small weights even just to do um, kettlebell, you know, you, kettlebells, you can do things like that. Very simple and it can take like maybe 25, 25 minutes out of your day. And if you do it a couple times a week, it makes a big difference. And then if you do some of these streaks with like our challenges with push-ups and crunches, I think it's just a really healthy habit to build. And it just keeps, you know, your body strong. And it's nothing fancy, doesn't cost any money, just a few minutes, um, you know, here or there or every day if you're doing a streak. So super important. Yeah, I, th I think if there's, 
you know, with endurance athletes especially, and of course we're seeing this a lot more in research, and and fortunately a lot of coaches and endurance athletes are, are um, you know, realizing the fact how important strength training is. Yeah. Um, you know, 20 years ago, endurance athletes didn't do any kind of gym work whatsoever. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, there's endurance athletes, and there still are actually, and they're young, that are getting osteoporosis because – they don't do any strength work. And, you know, especially the bikers, um, because, you know, runners is running is bone bearing. So, you know, typically it's not as much for runners, but um, the, the bikers, I mean, there's a, there's a, you know, possibly an Olympic athlete for the United States that is, you know, he's 20 some years old and he has the start of osteoporosis. I mean, it's just, you know, and cause he doesn't yeah. do enough strength work. So, and it doesn't take long and you don't have to have a full gym at home. I mean, yeah. like you say, I, body weight exercises, I think are so underrated. Um, yeah, most, yeah, most all my exercises are with body weight exercise. And honestly, if I do use a kettlebell or some kind of weight, it's like 30 pounds. You don't mm-hmm. need a lot of weight at all. You don't. Yeah. I mean, and you'll feel it too. Like I have my athletes like, oh my gosh, one minute of a wall sit. It's so hard, you know, <laughs> right, yeah. minutes. I mean, that's literally all you need is a wall in your house to do. And uh, I mean, your body weight is a really good way to, to get some weight training in. I mean, it's just simple. And yeah. if you start doing stuff consistently, you'll really notice um, a difference and you can quickly move from one minute to two minutes. If you're consistent doing it, like on a, on a wall sit or 50 crunches to a hundred crunches, you know, I mean, it's just, and it just takes a couple minutes a day. It does. And I mean, a tip for, to remember. <laughs> yeah, right. It doesn't take long. And a tip for wall sits. It actually, a friend taught me this was she started doing wall sits in her, in her shower while she was brushing her teeth. Oh wow. <laughs> right. And you know, you're already doing that, right. You're not, you're not doing anything else. So you might as well do that. Right. You might as well, you might as well do some kind of, yeah. um, um, exercise. So that's, that's what she would do. Um, and talking, talking about just simple stuff like an exercise ball. I think if you, if there's two things I would recommend that somebody bought for their home gym, it would Mm -hmm. basically be, you know, a medium weight kettlebell, maybe even a lightweight kettlebell Mm -hmm. and, and an exercise ball. Cause there's so much you can do with those two things. Yes, I, I totally agree. I mean, a really big thing for runners is like glutes and hamstrings. And I have two things that you do on the exercise ball with that. And I mean, it, they're really great and super simple and anybody can do it. And also they make exercise balls. I have, I have a couple of them and one is weighted with kind of sand in the bottom. So if you're nervous about the ball slipping out from under you or whatever like that, if you get one of those, and I think I just got it at the local drugstore, um, Bartels actually, it, it it's it's more solid. So if you're leaning on it, you know, using it um, for anything like that where you're not trying to pull or push it, it's a great way to do it. And you can actually sit on them, which I think is what they if you want to work on your posture. Which is great. Yeah, and honestly, (laughs) that's that's a great tip. And honestly, you know, one of the things I love about um, this podcast is that I learn something from every guest. (laughs) And I had no idea why that sand was in those those medicine balls or those uh, those yoga balls, exercise balls. Now I know, and it makes sense. Yeah, Um, I think yeah, I think it was for sitting. You know, people didn't want to sit in chairs at work, but I mean, if you are nervous about 
like my balance off and on, you know, I have shifts where I feel like have less balance or more balance. That weighted ball is great. And I yeah. mean, I can like lay on it on my stomach and do these, these glute exercises and I'm not worried about it, like rolling out from, from under me. So. Yeah, that's great. So, um, we're, we're wrapping up here. Uh, what about some, some winter sports? I don't know a lot about winter sports besides snowboarding and that's not necessarily or, or at all an endurance type sport. Not that you don't get exercise from it, but it's more like VO2 max stuff and aerobic stuff, just if you're jumping, which I don't yeah. do much. Yeah. So um, you, you spoke that you've snowshoed before. So can you t tell us a little about snowshoeing? I've snowshoed once and tell yeah. us a little bit about snowshoeing. Yeah, snowshoeing is great. Um, it is, it can be a very aerobic workout. Um, you know, you can, you can take it really super slow, but like when I've gone in the past with my husband, I mean, it's like, I'm, I'm sweating a lot in my snow gear, you know, kind of thing. And if you can walk, you can snowshoe. That's what I love about it. You don't have to learn it like skiing or snowboarding or anything like that. It's literally just this snowshoe that you strap on your boot, very similar kind of to the yak tracks, but obviously it's, you know, a little bit bigger, super simple to put on. You wear your snow gear and you can walk or hike anywhere in the snow. And I mean, it, it gets you places that you wouldn't go. And again, it's just, if you can walk, you can snowshoe. And that's what I love about it. It's very simple. <laughs> so and it can be a great workout. So yeah, I should try to do some more of that because it's, um, you know, cross training in the off season is important, right? Yes, it definitely yeah. is. And snowshoeing is free too, which is another big uh, thing about it that I really like. Like skiing, you know, it can be very expensive to I go yeah. and ski. Snowshoeing is free. Like we literally would just drive somewhere and, you know, get out of the car and take off and, and hike to hike or snowshoe to this lake or whatever. It's free. So that's a point. Way. Good point. Yeah. Well, you are extremely knowledgeable in, in these areas of exercise, and I appreciate you being on today. Tell us a little bit more about your coaching business and how people could get a hold of you. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, so like I said, it's Grateful Heart Adventures is my business, and the URL for my website is just gratefulheartadventures.com. And I coach um, people running, and I do I can coach people who are training for a goal, like say you know, qualifying for Boston or something like that. I also really enjoy working with people who are returning to running or just getting started in running. I have a couple people who took a break from running, one coming back from an injury. And then I have some folks who are triathletes, but running is their least favorite discipline. So it's really nice to be able to work with them and help them finish that last part of their race. But I do the one-on-one -on -one coaching. It's mostly virtual. Um, we have an app called Final Surge, so I can coach anyone anywhere. And we communicate a lot through that, do workouts, I analyze the data. We do Zoom calls. If people are local, I meet with them um, around once a month and do a coached workout. So um, it's it's a great way. Running is a great way to get in shape for other activities, even if you aren't specifically wanting to only run. But running can be done anywhere, anytime. So I really believe it's a great um, sport for folks trying to get in shape. And, you know, you can enjoy running just like you can see there on my website. I mean, you can enjoy running. And so a lot of it is not pushing yourself um, initially too much, but we work on figuring out what's a comfortable pace for you. And then once we get some miles under your belt, then we can start working on speed or whatever other goals you have. So sometimes it's weight loss. Sometimes it's uh, like I said, a specific goal, like for a 5k or 10k or, or the end of a triathlon. So yeah, wow. wherever you are at your running journey, um, 
would love to help you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when's your next competitive event? Well, yeah, that's a great question. Everything from this year rolled over to next year. So um, so I have a half Ironman in Chattanooga in May 23rd is my first event. And then the next event after that will be the Ramrod, which local folks might be familiar with, uh, right around Mount Rainier in one day in July. So yeah, that's a lot of It's only 125 miles, right? Right. It's 150 miles. Learned, oh, and it's, okay. <laughs> it's, <yeah. laughs> it's about 10,000 feet of gain, and you ride around how the mountain. How many? So, what's the elevation? Um, it's about 10,000 feet of gain in 150 yeah. miles. So yeah. it's pretty good. Um, we because the event was canceled this year. A good friend of mine, Diane, said, "Well, let's go out. Let's still do it." And so my husband and I and another friend who was planning to do it, we actually rode the route and they did all the aid stations for us and. Um, it was a very hot day, so that was interesting climbing the Cayuse Pass. But um, yeah, that's a great event. So good for you. Well, Lisa, thank you for being on today. I uh, wish you luck on your um, coaching business, and I also wish you luck on the uh, on the um, your competitive events that you have scheduled for next year. So thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. You're welcome. You've been listening to Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Tune in Monday at 1 to 2 p.m. for our next episode. Thank you for watching. Today.